This week on Breaking Bullying, we're talking co-parenting and boundaries. I'm going to hit that music and get started. Joining me this week is a co-parenting coach, JP Marsh. JP, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. So JP, how did you get started into becoming a co-parenting coach? I guess from a young age, like my dad quit drinking when I was young, like five years old, something like that. And needed AA. We spent a lot of time going to the AA meetings with him, doing the family AA stuff. You know, I mean, it, it was a community of people. And in the AA realm, you had sponsors. So my dad had sponsors and then became a sponsor. And, and that tracked, you know, most of my life. And then as I got into my, you know, early mid 30s, when I started doing work on myself and sort of getting into that realm, then it, it sort of, you know, to collapse time, do some of these things, it was easier to, to have mentors. In what ways can children internalize the negative aspects of a dysfunctional co-parenting relationship? I mean, there's the obvious one, you know, if you got a, if you got a really high conflict co-parenting relationship and say like you do drop off and pickups at McDonald's parking lot, and you got one or the other absolutely losing their mind every time. Yeah. Right. Which happens. I mean, yep. it happens a lot. You know what I mean? You, you, you go into the store and you see two people just having a screaming match in the parking lot while the kids are sitting in the car. You're showing them that that's how society works. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're seeing it in our culture right now with like, some of these protests, you know, I'm not going to say like this isolated one because it's a bunch of different ones, but you see these people absolutely freak out screaming in the face of somebody who disagrees with them. Right. Yeah. Because they've been taught that that is acceptable behavior in our society. And so if you're doing that in front of your kids, if you're losing your mind at your kids dad, and you decide it's acceptable behavior to start slapping at him, right? When all he's trying to do is just get in the car and drive off with your kids, right? Be surprised when your daughter does that at school. Yeah. To some other girl or some little boy who has a disagreement or a different point of view because they learn that is acceptable behavior. And then when they get in trouble for that at school, but you're not getting in trouble for that outside, then it becomes this huge confusion of why is it acceptable for you, but not me, right? Yeah, and the sad part is that parent was probably treated the same way as a kid. How do we right. break that cycle? Because you, you have a tough job. You have to teach, you have to coach parents on how to parent, and people don't want to be taught how to parent right. for kids. That's, you know, that's like an insult. So... No, how, yeah, how do we break it? A lot of it is people aren't going to reach out to me for help unless they know deep down they need help. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, somebody who's like concretely stuck in their ways is probably not going to reach out to somebody for a different point of view. Now, holding people accountable is a lot more of what I do as opposed to 
you know, this, that, and those, you know, I, I mean, sure. There's a, there's a whole slew of tricks and different ways of thinking about things that I'll bring up, but I'm not your cheerleader. You know what I mean? I'm not the same yeah. people that you, you're not working with me as a, to have another yes, man, that's going to concrete the BS stuff that you're doing that is detrimental to your happiness and your child's life. You know what I mean? Yep. Like you, you have all your friends and your family to sit around and help you bash your ex. I'm not that person. Like if you're out of control or if you're in the wrong, like I'll call you on it because that's just how it is. You know what I mean? But like they are mostly generational curses. And until somebody can actually look in the mirror and say, you know what? I'm not the, as perfect as I think I have been told or have convinced myself it all starts with you. You know what I mean? In my co-parenting journey, you know, I probably made every mistake that you could make as a, as, as two people trying to figure out how to get on the same page, be on the same level, work together. You know, luckily we both had the mindset of we put our daughter first. Yeah. That made it easy. But once I stopped being super defensive for no, no reason, be the change you want to see. You know what I mean? Because it all starts with you. How did you recognize that you had a change? Like, okay, I made a mistake. How, how do you recognize that? Is it seeing your kid cry? Is it like something had to tell you like this was a bad idea or this is not the right way to, right way to handle this? I had to, I had to be able to share blame and not just put everything on my ex saying, you know, you're, you're the reason. This is why. You're provoking me. You're doing it on purpose because you know that I'll, you know, but once once I quit reacting to certain things, the buttons quit getting pushed because the, she wasn't getting the reaction that she may have wanted. But also, like, I had to, to understand that I was being defensive for no reason or overreacting. My biggest question is, what was, like, the moment that you're like, I have to change? Like, what happened? Are you able to share that? My daughter turned two, and me and her mother had split up. So I moved out, moved in with my folks, you know, starting over from scratch, all that stuff. So I'm sitting there and I'm a single father, which is brand new at my folks' place. Three weeks after I'd gotten there, my dad died unexpectedly. So then like on top of my relationship falling apart, my new reality is a single father. Now, my dad dies, but I'm stuck in the house with my mom trying to deal with me grieving my father and my failed relationship while being supportive to a two-year-old toddler, but also not being able to escape my mom's grief. You know what I mean? So, like, I yeah. couldn't, like, it wasn't like my brother where I could go there and, and kind of help out and be around my mom in the grieving process and go home. <laughs> you know what I mean? And escape, yeah. like there just wasn't really much of an escape for me. And there was a lot of back and forth with, with my daughter's mom. And I remember it was, it was a Saturday. I had my daughter. I'm on the phone with her mom and we're fighting like crazy. And I'm outside, you know, trying to like at least be a little bit responsible and not be like in a yelling match with my ex in front of my daughter. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I was out back. And I'm fighting with her mom and I look over and my daughter's like 
four years old, just bawling. And I was like, man, I got to, I got to sort this shit out. Like, this is not, this is not the kind of environment that I want to raise my daughter in. Like, this is not acceptable behavior on anybody's side or any way, shape or form. Like I, this is, this is not healthy. This is not going to be good. You know what I mean? And so then it became a, that really kicked off a lot of mental health books, a lot of therapy books, a lot of brain hacking books, a lot of, you know, change your, change the way you think, change your reality type of books. And as I got farther and, and a little bit more and a little bit more in the journey, as far as, as working on myself and sort of figuring out what was triggering me. And, you know, the majority of it didn't really even have anything to do with my ex. You know, it was mostly stuff that I'd been, been shoving down since I was five, six, seven, eight years old, you know, that we're all just being lit up to the future or being lit up at those moments because all of a sudden I got an emotion or an, a feeling that I don't know how to deal with. And so my first instinct is to lash out because you're making me feel this way. But that was really the moment. Like I, I, I'm sitting there and, and, and you got a four-year-old just bawling because she knows that her parents yeah. are sitting there screaming at each other she's, again. She's scared. And it's just like, this is not. Yeah. 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 Terrified. And I'm just like, this is not this is not how I want my daughter to grow up. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. What's your advice to parents? Cause you know, parenting is tough. Co-parenting uh, parents together. It's tough. You're in the car, for instance, and you get ticked off and you start having a shouting match at anybody you, and you slipped up. You did it in right. front of your kids. How can you tell a kid what, what daddy just did was not nice. Um, like what's your advice when you have slip ups? Don't beat yourself up. Essentially we're all doing the best that we can with the tools that we have. The tools that you have were taught to you or learned, you know, whether it be from your parents, your grandparents, your aunts, your uncles, your brothers, your sisters, people at school, now TV, internet, you know, you, you have an accumulation of all of these things. You're going to slip up. I mean, ideally, most people are trying to add more tools to their toolbox and and be better people, you know what I mean? But kids are a lot more intuitive and a lot smarter than people want to give them credit for it. You know, if 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 I'm driving and I blurt out at somebody who cut me off and my daughter's in the backseat, you know, it's telling her that, that, you know, I made a mistake. It's not acceptable behavior. It's she understands that parents need to decide how they want their kids to be when they grow up kids are visual learners visual and kinesthetic learners so what they see is how they're gonna react so do you want to have your kids own up to mistake or learn how to talk to somebody who may have did them wrong or do you want your kid to be yelling screaming and shouting because someone made a simple mistake, you know, parents need to decide for themselves which right. which one of those do I want, want do I want my kids to be. And I don't think as sometimes as parents as we we realize the impact we have on our kids when we do go off the handles, we go crazy because I'm not perfect. I lose my temper in front of my kids too. I have to tell my kids I'm sorry. I can't remember 
I can't remember the last right. time I did it, but I know I've done that at some point. It's good when kids can, if you can tell your kids, hey, what I did was a mistake. I'm sorry, don't do that. You know, that's going to teach them. This is what, right. this is how we handle these situations. It's okay to be upset and angry. I still feel like if you're upset and angry, it's okay to show those, share, show those emotions. Show it, but also show a better way to handle those emotions. You know, you can be visibly upset, right. be angry, talk loud, but don't go hit a wall. Don't give somebody, don't try to go hurt right. somebody else just because you're hurt. Right. If your daughter does something, you give her a consequence. Does that carry on over your exes as well? Like if yeah. you said no TV for three months, is that the same standard? No TV there or here. That's a, that's a mm -hmm. standard, correct? Yeah. Good, right. I think the lot of issues so, like, are is we have, yeah. you have standards at your place, but then at the mom's place or the dad's yeah, right, place, right. whatever, <clears throat> not the same. Right. And how, and like how does any per, rational, critical thinking adult think that that is going to, you know, generate a healthy mentality for a child. Like, oh, I have to go to my dad's where are the, he's got all these rules. Next week, I get to go to my mom's where she's gone half of the time doing whatever she wants to or vice versa. You know, I'm not saying it's, you know, always one way or the other. But like, well, no wonder have rules and they could do whatever they want and they basically ran the house when they were eight years old well no wonder they spend all their time there when they're in high school because they're not being challenged on what is acceptable behavior and you know going to school or being accountable or being on time you know what i mean they're going to choose the fun parent correct or the non-existent the parent they're losing routine and kids need routine right you break that routine, that's when they act up. I, I run a martial arts school. Right. And when kids come back, we just got done for a winter break. And, you know, these kids are like, they have to come back to learn again. They, they had two weeks of doing nothing. They're, they're, they're a little mm -hmm. rambunctious. But when right. they get back into routine again in a couple of days, they're back to their normal selves. I couldn't imagine having a kid going from one routine to an, another routine, what that behavior looks like. On a daily basis, and people might think, gets, "What does this have to do with bullying?" It does it does a lot with bullying because your kid doesn't right. your kid doesn't know how to act. He sees one way, one parent acting right. one way, the other parent acts the one way. So, which way is appropriate? Almost, right. you know, it's easier it's easier to be a prick. To be honest with you, it's easier to, to be a prick. Right. Um, it it's is. hard to be responsible and own up because when you have to be responsible, you have to admit take some shame some guilt with that you have to take that on yourself and that's hard to do right. for people right well and then with and it's you know with with parents who get divorced or or you know i my daughter's mother and i were never married so there wasn't like a big court process there wasn't legal all this stuff we figured everything out out you know what i mean like my daughter comes and goes we live about six blocks from each other, sit by each other at school functions. My ex is in a blended family or my daughter's in a blended family, you know, with her fiance and his son. Our schedule, quote unquote, which is 
mostly generally outlined to his son's schedule. So when they have, they have both kids next weekend, no kids, right? My daughter comes and goes, but she can't pit us against each other because she's no tablet there, no tablet here, no TV here, no TV there. You eat what we cook until tomorrow morning. I don't, you know what I mean? You're not going to out willpower me. Like you don't run this and you don't run it there. (laughs) So like, so we, we've been on the same page as far as that kind of stuff. But what does tend to happen with parents is one will take on the majority or a, a huge overwhelming sense of guilt that the relationship had failed or that their children are being brought up in separate homes or, you know, you have religious family all these pressures that tell you if you get married, you stay married, stick it out no matter what, right? And so for the relationship yeah. to end, then you get one or both sides dealing with it with an immense amount of guilt. Guilt tends to let make the it tends to make the parent sort of let the kid do whatever they want because they already feel guilty that they're in this situation. And so then these kids you know, oh, I it, it's not their fault. Oh, my kid would never do that. Oh, it's not their fault. And then then you get the parents making excuses for all of these behaviors that are going to escalate as they get older, right? So if you got a, yep. a five-year-old girl that's in, in, in your class that feels like she can just slap the other kid no matter what, and you tell the parent at the end of the at the end of the class, like you you separate the kids, tell her not to do it. She's in, you know, don't do that. That's not acceptable behavior in my class. Da 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 da. If you tell the parent what happened, oh, my daughter would never do that, you know, or my son would never do that. And it's like you're they're doing that. You know what I mean? Like they need these boundaries that you know, just yeah. like the the routine you were talking about. If you don't set boundaries and guidelines for these kids. Then when that kid is 15 years old and wants to just bully some other kid for whatever reason at school, to them it's acceptable behavior because they've never been in trouble for it. Wrapping up here, JP, what advice do you have for parents and co-parents on how to get on the same page when it comes to raising their kids? My biggest advice would be to take your your feelings out of the equation and put your kids first sort out your own shame guilt anger animosity whatever traumas emotions and that you know yada 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 once you can get your out of your own way and collaborate with the other parent to set your children up to succeed. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you run into a lot of instances where one parent will, will sort of fight tooth and nail the other parent for every decision. Sort of, sort of like, Oh, it's, it was your idea. So no, I'm not agreeing to that. You know what I mean? It's a bad idea. And it has nothing yeah. to do with what's best for the kid. It has to do with your hurt pride and maybe they had a good idea and I'm not going to listen to it because you had the idea. You know what I mean? And so once you can get out of your own way and, and just 
get on the same page and and put the kids first it just it it just is a lot easier it runs a lot smoother you know what i mean it's it's great advice and it might take some sucking up your pride but we have to re- remember right. if we if we want to end bullying it starts at home it doesn't start anywhere else mm-hmm. it starts at home you can blame the schools all you want it starts with you right jp thank you so much for coming on my my podcast if people want to get a hold of you or connect with you where where, where can they do that uh instagram's the, usually the best place it's just my name you know if you got certain specific questions you know you shoot me a message or is it that JP kind of Marsh? Stuff. uh yeah and i will put your instagram Perfect. link on the show notes again jp thanks for coming on today of course thanks for having me and for myself You can always find us at our very own website, which is www.breakingbullying.com. You can also reach out to us at our email address. If you have a story of your own bullying to share, or for whatever reason you want to get a hold of us, our email address is breakbullyinghere at gmail.com. Now, if you're a victim of bullying and you don't know where to turn, there is online resources to help you. The first is the government's very own anti-bullying website, and the address is www.stopbullying.gov. And other online resource is www.pacer.org backslash bullying. Now, if you have had thoughts of suicide or of self-harm, we implore you to stop. Reach out to the National Suicide Hotline. That number is very simple. It's 988. I'm Tim Flynn, and thank you for listening, and we will be back next week to continue the conversation to break the silence on bullying.